welcome to the Arches of the North podcast. Uh, this is Josh. This is not Ice. You may have recognized that by my dulcet tones instead of the normal greet. And uh, tonight, because both Ice and Jesse are too scared by the by the deer in the woods, <laughs> I am joined by Kai Hedstrom. Kai, how are we doing? Oh, we're 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 phenomenal. Other than it's another day. Man, and the mainstream media still is not talking about Alan Francis. What, what's it going to take? <laughs> Put some respect on his Put name. Respect so, on his name. I mean, here's the thing. I would bet a majority of the population doesn't even know the World Horseshoe Championship starts tomorrow, Monday, July 19th, uh, opening day of the Horseshoe Championships, and Alan Francis going for his 25th title, and nobody's talking about it. Uh, yeah, so we're here. We're here, obviously, is that's the biggest sport thing happening with our in-depth analysis breakdown. We're here point by point, ringer by ringer, talking about uh, Alan Francis and all the other horseshoe people that we know. Right. That's what I'm that's what I'm excited for today. That, that, that's, that's all I can think of. Yeah, you're, you're right. hundred <laughs> percent. That'd be it. <laughs> also, I don't mean to be this guy. Uh, this is be, you know. Be that guy. Be that guy, Josh. Uh, well, you're not gonna like it. I'm sorry. Oh, well, uh, still <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> I appreciate your shout out joining Alan Francis as the goat, but true Alan stands know that it's one L in Alan. So um, it's that's a tough look. Hey. Well, well, that's 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 like my dad. He's an A L A N too. So, really? You know, well, wow. see, and you've been spelling that wrong for years. So back back then, <laughs> yeah, honestly, that got me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more egregious than yeah. that I've just. Been, well, I've never. I, just, I don't think. Have you corrected me on that? Have you ever said uh, like, "Hey, dude, I, I've, I probably have," but but it's it's one of those things that's like subtle enough that like. <laughs> It's it, it, it's a name that's understandable why you would. There there are like three different ways you can spell it. So okay, I, I will officially let you off the hook because I'm a terrible yeah. friend. So you, <laughs> you got me. you nailed it. Yeah, off to a good <laughs> start. Uh, I'm uh, actually, uh, well, okay. So before we get into it, I have one other thing, um, mm. and I wanted to make this make this a public apology um, to those in the cornhole community. Um, you remember last episode? Actually, I'm not sure if you will, Kyle. I'm speaking to the audience here. <laughs> last i'm sure we'll remember because that's his whole deal but um 50, last 50. episode i was talking about how facebook has been showing me more cornhole videos and that has stayed true because i like the um needy like social media person i am keep watching all the ones they pull up so they're like hey this guy likes cornhole like a lot like a crazy amount so everything adds <laughs> to the cornhole we, we've run out of cornhole videos, and now, now we're <laughs> You would be surprised how many cornhole clips you can see on Facebook in one scroll. Anyway, it's a lot. Um, I, in the last pod, said they need to find a better way to score it because it's just happening too fast, and I can't keep track. The more that I've watched these clips, the more that I'm realizing I'm just a dummy. They are doing a great job. I would just like to congratulate the cornhole tournaments the way that they show it on TV, the way that they produce these segments is as clear as you can make it. I was just being adult uh, and was not understanding how the math – they have like two different bars. They have the bar on the left, which shows you the current points happening on that like four toss, you know, on the right. on whatever toss they're on. And the bar and on the, the bar left, on the, they have a really good whiskey sour and, <laughs> and they, they serve up. Lemonade sour. We get you. <laughs> right. Then bar on the right – is like the actual match score uh, because they cancel out, right? Points cancel out. Um, so I was being a dummy and didn't understand it. Also, they like draw, like they highlight stuff. You know, they use like the tel- like how they do that. The Telestrator, yeah. Right. Yeah, where they're like, hey, you want to run through this hole and it's like. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then they draw, they draw a, ble- a bleep and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone laughs. Yeah. Um, they end up doing that in, in bags all the time too. They'll draw the little alley. It's like, here's where he wants to throw it. And then <laughs> nine out of 10 times he does because they're really good at what they do. So my apologies to the cornhole community. Mm. I got a lot yeah. A lot of negative uh, feedback from that, so right, um, wow. that felt it. Whew. Yeah, the DMs were fiery that day in the in the <laughs> Twitter account. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> m- moment of silence for those in the cornhole community we've affected. Uh. 
All right, yeah. The, the, the deep breath ruined. <laughs> Here's some <laughs> ASMR deep breath. <laughs> the moment of silence as I breathe deeply the into smog, my microphone. Smog from Lord of the Rings, the dragon just comes into our... Uh, really help a lot of my... Yeah. A lot of the noises I make, as it turns right. out. Right. Have we ever had a dragon as a guest? We've, we've had senators, NBA players. I don't know if we've had a dragon as a, as a guest I think we've steered away from mythical creatures. Um, we're a credible podcast, Kai. So we're not out here... Uh, it's an untapped market, though. We get the mythical creature guests, and and who knows? Maybe, maybe the cornhole folks forgive us. I, don't I think know. any if we're going for any mythical creature, we go for the Vilas uh, in the, Ooh, in the right. Because I mean, talk about getting our getting our listens up. I mean, we would yeah. Brady Brinkmeyer would not be able to contain himself uh, listening to a Vila <laughs> on air. So we, uh, we, we'll, we we would have to video at that point. Which is... <laughs> we'll we'll put it up on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> And hopefully the Vila would counteract our just grossness yeah. for the fact that we're doing <laughs> this. Oh, hey, uh, speaking of grossness and doing this, um, uh, it's a good segue. Uh, I back up, you know, season two, I started by saying I'm down in the basement. Our Wi-Fi, our Wi-Fi didn't reach. Well, I'm back upstairs, baby. I'm in my rocking chair. You can probably tell you feel the easy glide of my motion and the way that I'm speaking. It's the rocking chair. I'm back in it. Uh, we got mm, the like rocker. a – we got like a second router, um, not a second router, but like an extender. So we get we have more internet oh, access. The jargon you say, put the who's a what's it to the the, the fill <laughs> fill potator and yeah. We've all been there. Like, so yeah. uh, if you can tell that I'm back in my natural habitat, uh, I am dressed to the nines or the tens, but I'm because it's episode <laughs> ten of season ah, two. Yeah, the things the insider info that folks don't always, you know, you should. We're we're a rare podcast, folks. All right, we'll just I'll say that so we're halfway through our second season. Our last season one was twenty Whew. episodes. We're at the halfway point of we, season. Two. We haven't even had the writers' strike yet. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's episode twelve. Yeah, we, know, yeah. we know it's happening. Like everyone <laughs> sees it on the horizon. So like, like the dragons come flying across from Westeros. Right. You're like I think something's coming. You can see the. I've been I've been rereading Game of Thrones, by the way. Sorry about the Westeros references. Oh no, uh, it made total sense. Yeah, uh, Dance Dragons. George, I, I'm sure George R. R. Martin is listening because he literally wants to do anything apart from writing his next book. <laughs> if, if you're listening right now, I just want you to know I'm still holding out hope. Winds of Winter, 2023. Let's get it. Um, I'm going to be primed and ready to go for that 6,000 page book. I'm sure at this point. There's got to be so many fun prop bets of like. This NBA player will win a title before George R. 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 Martin finishes his book and like all that stuff. So yeah, um, you know, unless unless I can see getting real dark real quick because he's also kind of old. So like like does before, this happen it's, before it's, the, it's, it's, it's or, our Andy yeah. Reid dying bet that that thing? Yeah, Did that happen? <laughs> oh no! Do you not remember? It was Patrick. What happens for or like it was Pat, Patrick Mahomes yeah. title? Yeah. You remember. That <laughs> Andrew, was season, season one. We we've learned since then. But uh Well basically, yeah, because that wasn't the original question. It was like, does Andy Reid get more Super Bowls than Patrick Mahomes? And and then it turned into when really is Andy Reid gonna die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just which we've all predicted uh spot on so far. We he's not dead, so good on yep. us. Um, speaking of betting, this is a great transition to the finals, baby. NBA finals, not the Horseshoe World Championship finals, which mm, we will sadly, be breaking down yeah. next week. Don't you worry about and, it. I'll give you X's give and you O's, deep details of pitching technique. We, we we know this stuff. Yep. So I told Ice, I was talking to Ice on the phone, actually, on my drive down to Milwaukee when we met for the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5 uh, against the Hawks. Uh, after Giannis hyperextended his knee. And at that point, we knew it wasn't serious, but we assumed Giannis was out for the playoffs. Can you you remember that? That was, that was a mean... weird headspace to be in. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't seem like a real thing. That, yeah, that, 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 that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> um, so anyway, I told him on the phone, I'm like, if the Bucks win tonight without Giannis, I'm going to take all the money I have in my betting account, and I'm going to bet it on the Bucks to win the NBA Finals. Um, and I did it. And here we That's are, baby. And I'm looking pretty good. Looking pretty uh, to be smart. fair. So people who don't know this about me, I made out like crazy. No, okay. Let me. Bloop, 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 bloop. Careful. I'm yeah, gonna that. Up. <laughs> I, I, uh, I made v- a lot of money. Is, man, you got him on the mind. Whew, I, I yeah. <laughs> I made a lot of money betting during the NFL season um, and cashed out. Uh, so I left a hundred bucks in my betting account. 
Um, yeah, I'm giving you numbers. I'm giving you cold, hard cash. I'm Ooh. sure people are impressed with how much money I'm willing to lay down. Yeah. <laughs> Within the next five months, I'm back. I was down to $12 when I put all in on the bucks. So it's yeah. not like... <laughs> I think we've, we've learned you're better at NFL than NBA. But... Yes, but yeah, that $12 bet is going to cash in for $31 if Boom. and when the bucks win the championship. Welcome to the the uh cash zone it's good it's if good you stuff. can't see josh on video he's giving the Giannis death stare after the alley-oop <laughs> <laughs> he's doing that to camera right uh yeah oh he's, man he's what a crazy time okay so we're obviously here to talk some buck stuff because oh, buck stuff. and, and this will probably bleed over into a segment and a half and then we will do some nfl stuff i think this this episode too uh because i've got some i i think i have what's kind of interesting nba nfl crossovers um, mm-hmm. anyway, I think, uh, I think we, that'll be, that'll be interesting Yeah, and we can figure out, we can, you'll hear us trying to figure out where quarterbacks are this season. Like, wait, isn't he the starter for, <laughs> oh no, he got traded. So now he's playing. So anyway, that'll be a fun segment. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, that's always our, fa- our, our, our favorite <laughs> bit with NFL is like, wait, who, who's on what team? Wait, wait oh, he uh, signed, yeah. he was a free agent, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, they Googled the lot. <laughs> Death chart for Cincinnati. Yeah, that, that's our pod. That's us. Uh-oh. Oh no. So <laughs> what, what, what is going? Is are you upstairs now? See, upstairs Josh is already slipping. Google just heard me. So we have this we have, we have, a, we have a we have a smart The rush the Russians are in on this. They're they're listening so to us right they, now. They heard me. Google heard me ask for the Detroit Lions roster and then rattled off like, <laughs> the skill position players for the Detroit Lions um, very loudly right next uh, to me. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, and that, that's all I got. So, Jared Goff, come on, dude. Jared I mean, Goat, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. QB, is QB a skill position? I mean, I know it takes skill, but I always thought skill was like wide receivers running. Anyway, tight ends. But Quintus yeah. Cephas? Our boy, ah, Badgers. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, this is not going to be the Lions Let's, let's do podcast. this for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> let's start naming Lions. Hey, uh, they Alexa, signed, they could a, you name? Okay. <laughs> One more Lions thing. They're the most expensive center in the league. There you go. I mean, it's not. What's What was our center's name? Uh, oh, Corey Scott, Lindsley. Scott Will. Oh, no. Uh, no, yeah, it was. Wrong decade. Yeah. Yep. Corey Lindsley. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks just won game five in Whoa. Phoenix. Well, not, not, not since we last broadcast, Josh. We we were down two zero, so we we've won we won three in a row. Game this three, is three so, and four in Milwaukee, five in Phoenix. Let's start. Let's start big picture, huh? Let's start just series like roller coaster of emotion, um, and kind of like zooming out on the series a little bit because we will we'll take a little more time to talk about you know the specific game five stuff or looking forward to game six. Um, but this series has, uh, so last pod, I remember saying, I wouldn't say the Bucks should be favored to win after they were down 0-2, but I think they still have like a 30% chance, which afterward I'm like, that was way too high <laughs> to say that when they're down 0-2. But this team and this playoff run have, they've consistently not folded when they've, when they've been down like this, like the same thing happened in the Nets uh, they lost Giannis in the Hawks series. Like they just continue to fight back. And it felt like no matter how, even if they were down three, one, I would have felt like they could probably straight together a couple wins and make this a thing. And now they've done it. It's pretty remarkable. Like how resilient the team is compared to teams in the years past. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a narcissist like Josh. So I don't, I don't remember specific things I say on previous pads, <laughs> but I can only, no, I can only assume I was probably cautiously pessimistic about this too and i think you you raise a good point right like the fact that they seem very resilient this playoffs um and it's it's notable that we finally like um you know toronto series i think we we had been so dominant that year we we won 60 games and i think we'd never even lost more than one game in a row um so if i recall when they started spiraling it was like they didn't even know what to do it was right well it felt like there was no way to stop the bleeding right and yeah and it was so consistent that was oddly enough that that was was two years ago um eastern conference finals went up against the raptors were up 2-0 won the first two games at home and then lost four in a row to lose the series and if i remember right it felt like every one of those games of those four we lost went the same way like there was no way for us it felt like it was almost like destiny that we couldn't break out of the spiral that was just like taking us down 
we, we, we'd get ahead early and then just kind of <laughs> choke away a lead as the game. Right. Went um, so that, and that, you know, that series was closer than losing four in a row. Like that was, there was so much that went into that series, but right, there was no um, yeah. Yeah. But at that point it was like, Oh, you started to have that feeling like, okay, maybe that was Kawhi's season of destiny, but also maybe this team just can't close question mark. Um, right. And then, and then that led into last year, which was obviously the strangest year in the bubble. And, uh, the second round, like, yeah, we just got, we just got beat Miami up by the heat. Yeah. Us, yeah. And at that point it was like red alert. Like this team maybe just can't play in the playoffs. Right. Like that was, and you know, Bud was part of that. And Giannis was part of that. Honestly, it was like, I don't know if Giannis can really be a number one in the playoffs and a team that's mm-hmm. going to win the championship. Um, and right. again, that Miami series of the same thing. It felt like as soon as, Miami figured us out. We just couldn't rise above it. We just kept spiraling. Um, and so, it was, I mean, really tough two years. So then this year you come into it just waiting for that to happen. That, that's right. how I felt. I came well, into it just assuming when something started going wrong, it was just kind of like, well, here you go. I'm going to start to right. spiral. Well, especially when game one against Miami, that that was such a nail biter, like that that felt like a game we might just choke that away was, and lose. That feels like months ago. Yeah, oh, I, know, I, I think – I mean, I think it – when was – was that May? Anyway, yeah, it was, it was a while ago. <laughs> Feels like a whole different year. But that was um, like a two-point game. I remember sending you a message after that game, like, well, this will be a series. And then the Bucks proceeded to win proceeded by like to 20 blow them out of the water. <laughs> the other game. Yeah, yeah. All they needed was to get that little monkey off their back, I think. And then they were like, all right, we're way better than these guys. Turns out the heat just weren't very good. Um, but then <laughs> so so at that point we're we're like, okay, that wasn't really a test, we don't think. You know, it's like I don't think well, I don't see, think the heat was just good enough. I, you know, I, I always felt like I didn't think the Heat were a title contender, but I do felt like I, I did feel like they they still are a team that like matches up well personnel wise with Giannis, and I I think that's yes. still right. He didn't he didn't get forty a night that series. It was kind of he learned how to facilitate. My 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 thought to you before we go all the way through is just the biggest difference I've seen this year, and I'm curious if you'll agree is that. Um, and we don't know for sure. Obviously, we're not in the locker room, but based on all these interviews I've seen, well, all these, I mean, all access, it feels well, like we're in the locker room. I just snuck in a couple times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There, you'd be surprised when you cover uh, horseshoes, <laughs> horseshoes, the doors that it unlocks. But uh, the thing I've noticed, man, is that Giannis just seems so much more confident and kind of mm-hmm. as a leader. Um, and I think he's kind of finally realized that like in order to um, reach the highest success, you have to be very okay with failure. And I think he's finally like, I think he used to be the person that was so angry whenever he reached failure. Yep. And I think now he's kind of gotten to this point. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's also because he's had a dad, he, he's had this adversity in the playoffs, but like, he, he seems like he's, he's like a lot of his pregame speeches talk about like, like enjoy this moment, embrace this moment. We've earned this, but also like, let's have fun with this and, and like yeah. be kind of present. And I think that's a really refreshing take that I'm sure maybe teams in the past um maybe felt this like pressure and it wasn't really about kind of just seizing the opportunity it was more about like all right we need to do this and like if we don't don't, f this up yeah right (laughs) and i don't know and and like it's cool to see him because i i think i don't know if you'd agree but when he was 23 24 he wasn't the guy in front of the team like addressing them he wasn't like that vocal guy and now Mm -hmm. i think he's kind of become like the the wise sage old guy (laughs) he had a quote earlier this year he was just like man i'm just old and weird now and it's like dude <laughs> I, I relate. 26 I, yeah. <laughs> but uh but i think it, i think there's a piece to it that like he he's become a way better leader and i think he's helped him being able to kind of relax a little bit has kind of matriculated down to like other you know when, when, when your star superstar feels like calm in like it facing these uncertain situations i think everyone else can kind of be like all right we could do yep. this he he believes yeah and you're right like that he definitely said all the right things this whole season, the regular season, you know, where it was like, it wasn't just because I, I completely agree with you. He was clearly about like having fun, enjoying the moment, but it was also like growth mindset stuff. Like, yeah, you know, this didn't go well tonight. We're going to grow from it and get better. And it's going to make us stronger. You know, like right. that, like that was, that never seemed to be the approach before. It was always just like, well, it seemed like, especially when we were a really good regular season team the past two years, it was just kind of like, well, they just shot the ball well, done. <laughs> we're not going to worry about it anymore. Right, you know? yeah. They, and, they made and, their threes, and we give them credit. Yep. And this season was definitely more, you heard a lot more of, you know, we're going we're gonna to be stronger because of this. We're going to keep, you know, fighting through this adversary. This is good for us to prepare us for what's to come. And, like, 
now looking back on it, you're like, that was awesome. In the time, you're like, okay, but maybe <laughs> actually win you. some yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. right. Like, cool, you can say it's preparing you, but is it? And now we can look back on it and say, yeah, like this team is tough. This team just fights like crazy. And <clears throat> they were. They were preparing for it all season and what Giannis said and did and how he acted. And I mean, we can talk about the team too, like that's around it this year that, that makes that difference. But um, it's it's just a completely different mindset for me as a fan watching this team thinking when they're down, I turned on the game, they're down 16 um, in, Ooh, the, in yeah. the first quarter, right? Tough that was when look. I turned it on. And, 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 and two years ago, Josh, what would you have thought? Like, Well, that was it. I mean, or, the crowd's or, going crazy. Giannis misses a turnaround jumper and it's like, well – I mean, we're going to lose by 35 and we're going to get teed up and, you know, we're going to, we're going to go back game six with our shoulders slumped. But this year, honestly, um, I was watching my mom and stepmom and they didn't watch a bunch of basketball. They're like, Oh, down 16. Like that's tough. I'm like, now they're going to fight yeah. back. Like, I, I really think we're going to cut it to single digits by halftime. And we were, I think we we're up at half or tied. I can't remember. We have but, three, yeah. Yeah. yeah three. But it's like, I'm, I feel, I feel very confident we're going to make this a game. Um, and I would not have thought that last season or even at the beginning of this playoff run uh, but they've just shown i mean time after time yeah, yeah they just keep fighting back which has been so much fun uh yeah and that i mean that really started with the brooklyn series right and we did <clears throat> this exact same thing we down oh two lost two games um and then won a couple in a row kept fighting back one ugly their whole right. team got injured uh, and it worked out well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a win's a win something um well, I'll just make this point before I forget it because I think it is relevant yeah. too. So we, we're talking about this team that they have been battle-tested, right? Like Milwaukee, they've had these couple of years where they haven't been able to reach that hump. We're facing mm-hmm. a Phoenix team where the only player on the roster who's ever appeared in a finals is Jay Crowder. Um, yeah. And there's only, I think, what, four of their main guys have never been in the playoffs before. Bridges, uh, Booker, Aiton, and uh, like Cam, or no. Yeah. So, well, Cam Johnson has and he's a rookie, yeah, but yeah. Right. So like four and not that they've like seemed like it's not like they're playing well, Aiden. Like, did you say Aiden? sorry yeah i did i okay. think I said, yeah um and not that they've like seemed like they've shrunk from the moment i've been incredibly impressed with them but right. i do think like this whole battle tested nature of i think the bucks this series have done a better job of like recovering from deficits right because game that was mm-hmm. whole, that was game four right we didn't play very well until really like the last part of the fourth quarter but we we're able to take that um and that's something phoenix tried to do game five couldn't quite get over that hump and well I, I and it do... was something it was something phoenix did all regular season like uh i saw a stat that in the regular season phoenix was the best team in crunch time like in a five-point game under t- under five minutes like they had the best record in the regular season and then uh that would not be how you classify the bucks normally as being no, one of the no, best no, no, teams no. to do that <laughs> Half so offense, yuck. yeah not us our ability um, to win some tight games uh in this series uh and, and to steal those away from a team that's been really good in those situations has just been pretty yeah. incredible and speaking of battle tested i will say i think yes we got favorable injury luck in the brooklyn series but phoenix mm-hmm. is a team have they faced any adversity this playoff so they, they go down two to one against the lakers i guess maybe you could say that but then Anthony Davis like disintegrates his groin or whatever happened. <laughs> Yikes! I'm glad I didn't see that on TV. Yeah. That sounds sounds awful. <laughs> Harry Potter's spell to his groin. He's he's out. So they're just playing LeBron and that team. That's and LeBron's not 100. percent Yeah, no, LeBron's coming back from a high ankle sprain. Then the second round, they get to face the Denver Nuggets with an MVP. But guess what? Jamal Murray's out. So it's Chris Paul versus Antonio Campazzo or something. So Michael I mean, Porter that's... Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's not really they sweep them. And then they get to face the Los Angeles Clippers, really good team in their own right. Paul George is a good player, underrated. We, this pod stands for him, but Kawhi Leonard is out. So, like, have, have they? Fa- I think this is really, truly their first adversity. And DeAndre Ayton had yeah. an interesting thing in his post game. Sorry, I'm being long here, but he he pointed to he says he he said something interesting. I thought uh, what, what he said for the first time in this series, we're going to be we're, we're in like the more desperate position, which I thought was interesting because yep. I think in their eyes, Phoenix was like the favorite, right? They're expected to win. So they've seen Milwaukee as this more desperate team. So yeah. it will be interesting game six, um, which we can touch on later, but just to see if like when the roles are reversed and Phoenix back against the wall facing elimination, like can they come back from that? Or, or is this their first time facing it and they won't quite know what to do? So. Right. Well, we'll <clears throat> talk uh, a little bit more about this series and uh, the, you know, what's led to this kind of three, two 
advantage and then looking forward to game six and seven uh, right after this break. Well, hi, everybody. It's Marty here. And this is an ad for Marty's Groin Restoration Cream version. <laughs> oh, no. Have you ever been in a situation where your groin is spontaneously disintegrated in a large sporting event, whether it be cornhole, horseshoes, the NBA playoffs? We've all been in situations where our groin has not been up to snuff. Right, fellas? So my groin restoration cream is here for you. Uh, this restoration cream, just apply it, I guess. I don't really know how this restoration – and then, and, then, and then it reforms better than new. It's titanium alloy material and mesh compression shorts in Anthony one. Davis here. Some call me the bro. And, man, this restoration cream has really changed my life. After that Phoenix series where a Phoenix came and scorched my groin off, I thought I had no chance of a normal life. But since applying the cream only for about a month, I find I have a new and improved leg. Thanks, Anthony. That was a great spot. And now to the dragon that scorched off Anthony Davis's leg. Dragon, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> Thanks, dragon. All right, well, this has been Marty with Marty's Grand Restoration Cream. See you next time. Uh, I hope you're going to go – I mean, Marty didn't really leave his contact info, so I'm not really sure how people are supposed to find that that cream. Um, I'm sure you can just Google it. Just turn safe search off. Uh, that'll I think that will help you with finding that product. No, no, uh, no image results, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Google. Maybe, Google. maybe just to have your device, your Google, your Alexa just talk to you about it. Yeah, That's you probably. can ask You can ask Google about it. Have Just have it bought from Amazon, shipped straight to your house. Uh, that'll be great. Uh, everyone's been there. We've. You know, we don't like to talk about it, but we've all we've all experienced those issues. So, talk um, more bucks. Uh, you know, this is this is a weird pod to do. I don't know if you're if you're feeling that a little bit, Kai, but I I it almost feels too close to a victory lap in some ways, where it's like, oh, we can still very much we yeah. could lose this series. <laughs> like the Bucks are up three two right now uh, with Game Six coming back to Milwaukee. We're in a good spot, um, but. I, I'm struggling not to feel overconfident, not to feel like this is it. Um, I'm trying to hold that all in a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, the reporters in Giannis's postgame presser even said that, and they're like, how how hard is it to come back and refocus at, like after all of this, knowing you could close out at home? And he was saying, like, yeah, it's really, really, really hard, but we know the job's not done. So I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I get what you're saying, too, because it is a scary position to be. It's like never trust the Bucks, But also, this is the year, man. I do trust the book. I've made way too many. I've made made too many uh, bets with friends. Uh, wait, on the Bucks winning the title, I've got like six bets out there. So they're gonna get. Kai's gonna be a real massive debt. If the Bucks, you may not hear from Kai's yeah. kneecaps again. If the Bucks, I will loses. not be able to afford a cell phone after that. So uh, yeah. <laughs> no. So let's let's talk a little bit about the series uh, itself. So. Um, you know, we, we checked in after the Bucks were down, um, Oh two. Um, and at that point, uh, it seemed like two things were, were very true. Um, it seemed like the Bucks shooting issues that had been plaguing them the horse, of the playoffs were continuing, right? We were shooting like 20 something percent from three, which well, game, was awful. No, well, well, yeah. Ga- game one, we torched them from three, still lost. <laughs> and that was, that was disheartening. Yeah. And then game two, yeah, we couldn't make anything. And yeah. And two, we we were giving up a lot of – well, one, Chris Paul and Devin Booker were both making a lot of tough looks, and Chris Paul could basically get to any spot he wanted to. We were struggling with the whole um, what do we do with Brooke Lopez thing a little bit. You know, it's like, I'll oh, just mm-hmm. switch him and watch him kind of dance around a little bit. Um, we just hadn't really settled in. And it, since then, since game two, I would, yeah, I would really would say from game three onward, we've really – come into every game with very, very similar rotations, you know, matchups, what we're trying to work. Um, and that's, I think that's been the real change is that, you know, we've, we've shrunk our rotation just to getting Bobby and Pat off the bench, basically, and Jeff Teague, RIP. Um, <laughs> but uh, we haven't, we haven't been dealing with Forbes at all. We haven't been dealing with Brooke in the last few minutes. Um, we, you know, we're, we've been switching a lot less liberally than we were the first two games. And we've done that for three straight, and they've all led to victory. That's been the story for me so far. Is just we saw what worked in Game Three, and then we just keep doing it. Basically, <laughs> it keeps it keeps working. 
Yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I think to your point too. For for me, um, it was tough because game one felt like we lost because Chris Paul and Devin Booker just torched us, and it was like, man, how are we going to stop these right. guys? And then game two, right. the adjustment was like, all right, we're going to sell it to stop these guys, and it was like all their role players just destroyed oh, us from three. They shot fifty yeah. percent from three or something, <laughs> and it was yeah. like, well, shoot. We, 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 we probably have to give up one of those at some point, but really all that's happened since is it felt, it feels like Devin Booker has torched us, but no one else has been able to do anything really. Yeah. Uh, and I think a, well, big, yeah. mm-hmm. a big part of that's probably been Drew Holiday, right? On defense, like sh- uh, shutting down Chris Paul, I think has been massive. Um, Chris Paul, this series is averaging uh, 21, two and eight on 54% shooting and 52% from three. So it doesn't seem like he's been shut down when you look at like the raw numbers, but I'd be fascinated right. to see like what that is since game one. Um, yeah, right. I'm sure, I'm sure it's not as good. And uh, I mean, he's just short of Jesse's prediction of that double, double points rebounds. Uh, he almost, almost <laughs> predicted that one is like eight rebounds short, but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he has, he's definitely felt like, you know, Chris Paul has been worn down by Drew Holiday playing defense on the way he has. I mean, it's been, you know, full, how long is the court? 90, 94 feet, 80, 82. I don't know. Uh, 65. (laughs) It's a long court, but he's been, he's been matched up the whole time. Yeah. So that's been a big, that's been a big distinction. I mean, Drew Holiday has basically been um, our, our fire extinguisher the last three games. So he's going to start on Chris Paul. And then when Devin Booker gets to the point where um, he's just making everything, he'll switch on to Devin Booker for a five minute stretch and then if Chris Paul heats up again, he's going to go back to Chris Paul. <laughs> right. um, he's just basically moving to whoever. Uh... Me- meanwhile, Phoenix is just getting us in switches perpetually. So Pat Connaughton's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the funniest part of it. It's like, oh, no, now Drew Holiday's here to shut it down. And then, oh, okay. Soft switch to, to Bobby. All right, Bobby, go get him. <laughs> Take a step out. Um, uh, no, but we, have, we haven't been switching as easily. Um, one to five is where the first couple of games um it it is it has been weird um like for me i watch pat Connaughton play defense and it doesn't seem like he's a liability i don't really understand no i don't get why they do that (laughs) they they even talked about it phoenix talked about in their post-game presser of like the idea of a switching defense can sometimes they basically admit it like bait you into going at mismatches and it kills ball movement and so i'm second half of them if they all they want to do is iso booker and get him against pat for like 15 mid-range post-up things and like no right. everyone else is out of rhythm on their team then like jay crowder and bridges torched us in quarter one i don't know if they touched the ball after that like it just felt Seriously. like they went yeah. away from what worked so i don't know it, uh it, i think our switching i'm glad we switched this here because it seems like it just baits teams into like okay we gotta go mismatch we gotta go mismatch hunt it out let's spend 12 seconds well and when yeah when our when the mismatch is like bobby portis who's serviceable like uh, who's who's not like an awful defender? You're not just gonna blow by him. Pat Connaughton, who's gonna contest like everything. Yeah. It's not like it's not like I mean we've cut Bryn Forbes for the rotation, so it's not like <laughs> Bryn Forbes is out there. Yeah, it, it's really the only one is is we saw in quarter one when it's Jeff Teague where, where Devin Booker oh. scored like ten straight points on him. God. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, poor Jeff Teague. I I feel like he can't play another minute, but that's a story for another day. We should talk about more more of what's happened. So, I mean, the other thing to remember is that Giannis had back-to-back 40-point, 15-rebound games, right? Like that was, uh, that two, was week, game. two weeks after <laughs> destroying his knee somehow. this is Right. When when we fought his season, it was over, and, like, the trajectory of his career was in jeopardy. Um, he's come back and put up historic final stuff. Like He's, he's averaging 32, 13, 5.5 on 61% field goal percentage. And and like and not turning the ball over and like having no turnovers no, like yeah. like really efficient offense uh, and get have says has had forty six hard fouls committed against him <laughs> like it's really been insane um, to watch that was that was what swung it in game th- in game three right Giannis just I mean went, he, he went he off just yeah. insane um, that was also the game of DeAndre Ayton's foul trouble and that's been the game that's been the story of the last three games is who's in foul trouble when. And how does that impact the flow, right? So DeAndre Ayton's in foul trouble in game three, um, which means he's only playing 25 minutes. And then they're playing Tory Craig and Cameron Johnson <laughs> on him pretty regularly. And Giannis is like, give me the ball. <laughs> like <laughs> the most adamant we've ever seen Giannis just at the block with his arm up, 
like get this ball to me right now because these people are small and I can, I can dominate them. Um, and then game four was a Devin Booker foul trouble game um, where he was on pace. I mean, he looked like he was going to score 80, you know, it looked like he was just going to make everything. And then he got his fourth foul, sat out for 10 minutes and then got his fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth fouls and uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't end up closing it to win the game. And then last game, Drew Holiday had his two fouls pretty early and was out for the first quarter um, for, and that was when Jeff Teague came in and that was why we were down by so much. Um, so it really has, because both teams are really, really physical. Um, and well, I don't know. I, one, one we're, team we're is really more, physical yeah, and the other team is really, uh, well, okay. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna be that mean, but they definitely try to draw contact there you go. They played to how the game is called, which in their yeah. defense is smart. Like, right. So when you, when you have two teams who are creating a lot of contact, um, that really has been the story of the last couple of games is who's getting in foul trouble and who's able to avoid foul trouble. Um, and, I mean, luckily, those the last two times – well, not so luckily because Giannis was just hammering people to get those fouls. Like he was, he was really just throwing himself yeah. around. Um, but that's, that's, that's what he does. And that, I guess what I'm winding myself around to talk myself into is, um, that was a thing I didn't know was going to be possible in Giannis's game in these situations. Um, his ability to, I, I, I just thought it was going to be easier for other teams to manage shutting him off because the heat and Raptors did it. than it has been, and it's turned into, um, you know, his ability to create foul trouble and keep that pressure on the defense consistently. I didn't, I thought he was going to be a, a player that kind of went away from that aggressive mentality he, or wasn't going to use it productively. He, you know? he's, he's had such controlled aggression this series is the yeah. thing I've noticed is like in years past, he, he would like attack the rim with authority, but it'd be out of control, like really easy just to get him like two quick charges. And well, it was always bench. in the same way. It was always from the top of the key. Everybody else spread he's out. He's just standing around dribbling. Yep. He's <laughs> and then he just much. drives right, drives, flies by somebody, and then the person who's guarding the corner defender slides yeah. in and takes Kyle, a charge. Kyle Lowry and... just slides in and gets a little <laughs> charge on him, and yep, he's, he's, yeah. out, he's in fall trouble. He, he only has eight turnovers this whole series, so obviously that includes things like offensive fouls. Um, he, his facilitating has been – I think it's the best he's ever looked as a passer in terms of he understands how much attention he's getting like on a fast break. And then he'll just, just whoop, whoop it out to the corner for like a Bobby Portis three or a Pat Connaughton three. He's just, he, mm-hmm. he's using his gravity so well. And I think that's something he, he's always been an okay passer, but I just don't think he's, no, he's maybe known or like trusted his teammates enough to just be like, screw it. I'm going to go at these guys and try and yeah. go against three guys. And this time it's like, he's picking his, he's picking his spots really well, I guess. And not only that, but something something I have noticed too is that in every image that I have of possessions where where it ends poorly for the Bucks offense and Giannis has the ball, it's him at the top of the key yeah. dribbling, <laughs> right? And that's that is probably unfair, but that's the image that I have every time something goes wrong. So we've also been getting him a lot more like uh, touches right right next to the free throw line, like you know, and lower, like closer to the block. Um, you know, like where he's able to either face up or back somebody down down there versus asking him to initiate right from the top of the key, which I think is huge if, uh, in terms he, of just giving him more options. Dude, for sure. If he's officially accepted his role as like my most optimal usage is as a big man, like <laughs> good luck, Lee, because that was yeah. honestly one of the biggest things holding him back is him trying to play like he's LeBron or trying to play like he's Kevin Durant. If he understands that he's actually a big and like the kind of impact that he can have like just wrecking havoc like that because because that opens up chris's game right that we've turned to chris now in the clutch is like hey you're our mid-range shot creator when like the going gets tough and it's really difficult to get any kind of good look and the we shots trust, are even tougher yeah right we we <laughs> trust you we you know if deandre ayton is dropping we're gonna like he's not gonna switch on to you so we know you can get you know Giannis will you can walk you. into a 15 footer that is right. basically like a 80% shot, it feels like, for yeah, Chris. Yeah, for, like, for, for Chris, there, there might be two guys all over you, but you're going to make it because you're the Tough Shot Express. So, um, Yeah, so that, I guess that's that's a fair – I mean, the the yeah, the second place to go is is Chris has um, brought a lot more consistency recently. Um, I mean, his shot-making – game five, his shot-making was through the roof on that fourth quarter. I mean, 
he was just people draped all over him, just like you were saying. His ability to to just put the ball on the hoop has just been insane. Um, and that's that's what we needed. That was the the reason that people uh, in the national media and Bucks fans said that Chris wasn't going to be good enough to be the number two on a championship team is because the lack of consistency. They thought he would shy away from the big games and the big moments. Um, and I don't know why they thought that because he was incredible in, in, in like some of our playoff runs, but um, this series has just exemplified it. You know, his ability to get to his spots uh, it's, it's what the playoffs has turned into, especially as you get further along, you need one or two people who can find, get to a spot, no matter who's guarding them, just give them a pick, let them get to a spot and you're, you've got yourself a decent shot uh, or an assist every time. And that's where Chris has turned into in the fourth quarter. Um, that's pretty exciting. Chris Middleton's good. Everybody just to Chris, make sure we, we're all clear we on stand. that. Chris Middleton is good. And he's done it by the way, only there's no way he's only been followed seven times, which according to free throw attempts, <laughs> That, that's what it says. He's taking 14 free throws this series, which is – that's a crime Ugh. against humanity. But anyway. Yeah. Um. yeah, he needs to throw his head back more. That's yeah. a, he needs to dribble he finally, around the screen and throw his head back. Did you see when he back. finally – he yeah. pulled a Jake Crowder? He finally caught on like, whoa, if I just pretend like I've gotten my eye poked out, they're totally going to give me this. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Jake Crowder gets his head in everyone's hands way. Like every game, it seems like Jake Crowder's on the ground holding his head. Um, and, you know, sometimes he gets poked in the eye. But, like, how do you, how does it happen so consistently? Like, what, what's just – does this man have the biggest head to ever play in the NBA? Like, is, is yeah, that, well, it's we know it's record. not the we know it's not the biggest eyes. We we yeah. know the biggest eyes go to Bobby, the big man Portis. Crazy but... eyes. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is this our Bobby plug now? Like the, the obviously the spark we there's needed. no Bobby, better time. Bobby. <laughs> well, it's been just a weird a weird playoffs for Bobby, right? Um, because Brooklyn, he was basically unplayable. Like, well, not. I, he may have been able to help us, but he wasn't getting any minutes. Like he just he had like three DNPs maybe, yeah. and Bro- out I of mean, the Bro- seven Brooke games, was just awesome. So we didn't really need yes. him. Yeah. Um, um. And and for him to stay, like I mean, he's just a Milwaukee folk hero now. For him to stay locked in and 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 just come in ready to go for Atlanta, and then we've needed him. And that's I mean, we can kind of lump. We can I think we can lump like. Um, PJ and Bobby oh. together in some ways, uh, and like the new additions who just like change the 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 mood of the the roster. Yeah, you know the, the culture. But, honestly, like yeah, mm-hmm. where it's always that that's part of why it feels like we've been able to be so resilient is we've got multiple guys now, and I I put Drew Holiday in the same situation. He's not as vocal about it, but we're just so steady and are just like. I know exactly what I'm going to do and I know exactly how this is going to go and here's how we're going to win and we're going to fight back this way and I'm going to yeah I'm going to do these things. Um it feels like we have the perfect role players for this roster what we needed. Um and that's that's pretty cool. Uh to have to have Bobby and PJ and Drew but he's more the star but Bobby and PJ especially uh to bring that culture of, like of toughness and resilience in. Um yeah, that's been really that's been really awesome. Yeah, there are our our bench players role players playing well tends to, to result in good things. And uh, yeah. maybe, maybe the man of the series shooting a, a, an en fuego 50% from three. <laughs> Come on down, Mr. Pat Connaughton. I, here's the thing. I, so yeah, I am the narcissist, right? So <laughs> I remember specifically saying this in our last pod, uh, it was game two and game two is a tight finish. Like we had it within six at one point, we kept clawing back. And Pat made a three to bring us within six. And then the next possession ended up with another open three for Pat that he ended up missing that would have brought it within three. And I remember saying on the pod, it's like, man, when it gets to the point where Pat, we need those threes to fall. Like I just don't trust that that's going to happen. And I, I look like a dummy now because (laughs) Pat has made huge buckets. Um, I mean, he just has, he made, he, well, he made the three to give us the lead back in the fourth quarter of game five um yeah that i mean that was huge or no it was and uh four yeah game game four four, he took the lead yeah 97 he took the lead and again five made a couple but a couple other big ones he's four six i mean he's just been real clutch yeah yeah clutch timely however you want to say it uh and i would never have thought that for no like to be consistently clutch that like what a disaster i always think about when i think i i i ripped apart horse this summer for like when the when the report came out that he like had to give pat an extra year because he messed up something i was like oh man like we're 
going to have this guy who should be a ninth man on like an okay team being our sixth man, but he's, he's been insanely good. He's earned it. He's earned it this finals. He has, and he's, he's risen to a new level. And the thing I think we maybe, or I think I underestimated like was like, we, we knew the shooting could be streaky and that's been great to see, but he Mm. plays so hard, man. Like he rebounds so well for being like a six, four guard. He's always in there. And I'm sure it's, not to sound cliche, but it's like it's you don't see it in the box score, but he creates so many second chance looks by just like tapping yep. the ball out or getting mm-hmm. up there and uh, you know just creating all kinds of different looks. Well, for and team. again, you could lump that back in Pat, PJ, Bobby, that all whole group. three of those guys. They do that. They they're down in it. You know, they're fighting for that stuff. Uh, even if their shot's not falling, and I mean, poor PJ Tucker. I mean, <laughs> what a <laughs> yikes! Yeah. Uh, but no matter what else is going on, you know those three guys are going to be on the ground. They're going to be flying around, grabbing loose balls, trying to get offensive rebounds. And, you know, what's the national media's narrative, which I think is a fair one of a lot of this series, is the Bucks are winning all of those things. They're winning in transition, which is generally considered like a hustle stat. They're winning in uh, the turnovers, which is generally considered a hustle stat. They're winning in um, uh, offensive, offensive rebounds. rebounds whether, yeah. yeah, and that that's – that's sparked by these guys knowing their roles and just fighting for every single thing. Um, and that's, yeah, the, they're, it's such a fun group to root for in that way. Uh, Cause you know, they're just, they're fighting and clawing every time they're out there. Uh, but yeah, Pat deserves some real credit uh, because he, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I did not give him the benefit of the doubt. No, <laughs> is, I, I, I was right there with you. I was <laughs> agreeing like, yep. Any possession that ends in a Pat Connaughton three feels like we're giving the defense what they want, and uh, he's he's made them regret it. Uh, right, and, and now he's again. got a, now he's got a quick trigger, and we're just asking for him to go like oh seven in right. game six. We're, we're so definitely gonna we're yeah. setting us up for. <laughs> but he's 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 got a he's he's had a quick trigger now too, and he looks so confident. It's like all right, Pat, you do you, man. Like you're feeling it, go crazy. Um, such a fun time. So we have, uh, we, okay. We, we haven't talked about the two most iconic plays yet, uh, from not? game yeah. four and five. I mean, at this Leg- point, legacy defining, perhaps legacy defining it. I mean, and I've, I've heard it described, uh, from other, I think Zach Lowe may have talked about it this way, but like, these are plays that you're going to see in the future finals montages, right? These are right. plays that like, everyone's going to, it's not just like, Oh, Bucks fans remember this because, like this is a really cool play that won us a game, but these are like plays that you don't see every finals. You know these these timely plays. We're talking the LeBron about the chase down block, right? We're talking about the eclipse, uh, the sun block from Giannis uh, in Game <laughs> Four. Uh, I can't take credit for that one, but thank you, Twitter. And they called it the value, but I feel like we, we're not giving that enough credit. It's more it's more of the the snatch from Drew, right? Um, in the Game snitch, Five, snatch to the value. <laughs> yeah, uh. I mean those are. Those are plays. Well, okay. First, I'll, I'll just run down two things quick. The block, I the watched block, it live. Yep, yep, yep. The eclipse. Um, it's uh, we're down. Or we're up to like a mi- minute, uh, forty left. seconds left. Yeah. yeah, just under a minute left. Uh, they get a great. Uh, you know, Giannis comes out to hedge on Booker off a of pick and roll. Aiton's rolling behind him. We've all seen the highlight. Devin Booker throws like this scoop alley-oop which was a and weird it, like it was a we- weird release um which i think threw really, them off yeah. it didn't look like a pass right it's right like, looked wait, like he's going a for, a, for a layup and you heard Giannis talk about it afterward he's like i saw it but i like he looked like he was too far for a layup so he just turned around sprinted back to Aiden, met him like at the top of the block like at the at like a 12 foot mark of the hoop um clean block off the backboard uh to basically seal the game um and I watched it live. I was watching it uh, by myself because Sadie's not a big big Bucks fan, as you uh, may or may butts, not know. Butts and sis, yeah, so. she, she's more she's more of a Butts fan than a Bucks <laughs> fan. Uh, shout out to Jack Rosenwinkle. Um, but uh, I watched it live, and I, I don't know if you remember this, but they didn't show the replay like on the like live on the thing. Like even at the next right. timeout, well, they didn't show the... a replay for it. Yeah. Um, and. I, I Sadie had walked back out from maybe reading your book or something right before the commercial. I'm like, honey, you have to watch this block. Like, I think this was an incredible block. And then they didn't show it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> that like, block, I think... never happened, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I that. think that block was insane. So I was glad to see the replays later and be like, oh, yes, it was actually an insane block. Like, it was 
and then it got its due like on Twitter, Twitter and you know up, highlights yeah. everyone else. And then the post game it blew up, but it was it, so weird for it not to be big in the moment. Like they it just was. didn't show. <laughs> was I think it was just because I suppose like it was a live ball right after, and they had to they didn't really have to, it wasn't like the ball went out of bounds or something. Yeah, the yeah. next the next time out was it was like you know. At like 30 seconds left in the game, you know, like 15 seconds. But I mean, come on, like that. Anyway, the insane block, uh, one of the best. I mean, athletically, how many people in the NBA no. can make that play? Uh, no, uh, I don't know. I Just really don't one, know. One, one, one man. <laughs> and the fact that it's honestly, it's so eerily similar to the way he got hurt. It's like two weeks prior, yeah, he jumps yeah. up in a very so like to for him Capella, just have no yep. fear and like do the same exact thing, and that's what it, I love about Giannis. That's he, the miracle of it, yeah. Yeah, he's never afraid to get put on a poster. He he says in the post game, he's like, "Yeah, I thought I was gonna get dunked on there," but he's like, "That's just his will." Is always like he's like, "Well, I'm gonna try." Um, yeah, to even like I, yeah. So the number of players who who could make that play is athletically one. the number of yeah. players who would would attempt like even get in the vicinity of making that play like it's like less than five like the people who could actually get over to that spot to even give themselves a chance at making that play it was just that's that was incredible and then it was like within the next game was one up like how insane yeah <laughs> to go back because it to was back. two, two incredible player, moments two yeah right because it was it, well it we're, yeah, because if, if the, the yeah stage. if the eclipse if the eclipse had led to like a dunk that would have sealed it, that's the equivalent of what happened in Game Five with this steal. So yes, we're up one. Suns have been mounting a furious comeback. We were up fourteen in the fourth quarter, and then it was just holding on for dear life as Devin Booker and Chris Paul were both cooking. Uh, we were just trying to melt clock and try to get the game over, basically. Um, uh, Devin Booker runs a pick and roll. Um, is just like trying to create a shot. He's like a side, like it's almost P- like a side. Twitch P- PJ, PJ, idea. and Giannis both kind of get like switched onto him. It's already like one on two, so he turns around, right? Yeah. He's like, well, oh, because God. yeah, Giannis, Giannis was on eight and again. I, I think it was actually it could have been pretty eerily Maybe similar the to the to the yeah. oop because Giannis stepped up basically to get in Booker's way. Aiton was behind Giannis, who he's supposed to be covering. So it could have been one of those situations. But Booker decides, nope, not going to test those waters again. So he turns around. <laughs> and then Drew Holiday with sneaky, like sneak. strong man, like hand strength. It's just like yanks. It feels like that's what I would try to do if I was playing basketball against like current middle schoolers, you know, <laughs> just be like, I'm going to take ball. this ball from you. <laughs> it is mine now. Like I, I can't imagine an NBA player, like <laughs> the best, most skilled players in the league, just grabbing the ball and pulling it away from them. But that's what he does. Um, pops it up in the air. So there's the shot clock is now turned off, right? <laughs> He's yeah, dribbling it up to the like court. 16 seconds left, 15 seconds. Right. Left. Chris Paul's the only one back there. Um, and Chris Paul would probably have come up and followed Drew Holiday is probably what would have happened. But no, right. Drew Holiday looks up at the scoreboard, sees the time ticking, sees the shot clock off, looks down, sees Giannis running the floor, pointing up. Yeah, he's like, up. throw me the oop. He's like just inside a half court, like from the logo, tosses the alley-oop to the perfect spot. Giannis decapitates himself on the backboard, basically. He's <laughs> like so close to hitting his head up there. Yeah. Throws it down as Chris Paul is flying in and shoves him from Which the waist. should have been a flagrant. <laughs> like, what, what the – there's no play right. on the ball there. Yeah, but right. Anyway. He's obviously pushing him uh, to give us a – three-point lead which Giannis then yeah. missed the free and one free throw but we got the offensive rebound Chris got Chris, fouled made one of two we we're up four to basically seal it bucks and six um, happens and yeah the, the coldest death stare of all time after the oh that's one, yeah and I don't I wonder what he was thinking I don't, I don't know if anyone's asking about that but what what was going through his mind there because I feel like this series he hasn't especially at this point in the series, it wasn't like all these doubters. You know, I feel like people have kind of generally been on his side now after game three or game four. So I'm wondering what that stare was right. about, but he was, was, that, too? that was intense. Yeah. That was some was real it, stuff. Was it, was it, maybe it was just for fun for Thanasis watching in the hotel. He's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but that was, yeah, that, that whole sequence, um, I was jumping. I was jumping up in my in my house. That was Yo, just insane. That I, was crazy I, stuff. I was lucky enough to watch that game with my dad, and mm-hmm. um, and it's been fun for me because he 
he's never really been a super diehard Bucks fan. He's more of a Packers guy, you know, so he's he's kind of as they've gotten better, it's been fun to see him really kind of start to come on board. And he we were going insane because at first first just the Drew steal in and of itself was like, oh, my God. What a play. What a play. And we figured the foul was coming. And then all of a sudden to see it was the classic no, 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 yes play. It's like, <laughs> exactly. oh, my God, why would you throw that? <laughs> and then Giannis, even, even after the play, it was still like, no, <laughs> like, why did you do why that? Why would you ever? Right. <laughs> yeah. um, that was, but, so I, I, I told you before I was watching it with my mom and stepmom, and neither of them are big sports fans. But even at that point, they threw the alley-oop, and my stepmom's like, why did he throw that? Like, couldn't he have just dribbled it out? I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> he totally could <laughs> style <have>. points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He needed, he needed to feel like, uh, he was actually making a play, but that, yeah, that's, that's what puts it from, you know, a, a game saving play to like legendary. The fact that you just like add that right. on top of it. And Giannis after playing, I'm sure he played what 42 minutes or something comes flying down, like sprinting full court. He started out inside the lane when Drew stripped him like at the three point line and then beat, you know, just sprinted down the, the court. Down the uh, yeah. And, and just finished again, uh, it caught the ball another foot and a half above the rim, almost hits literally his head is touching the bottom of the backboard because he's flying in at a weird angle. Um, it was, it was just insane. Those, I mean, iconic bucks plays, iconic finals plays, uh, Giannis, Andrew just uh, just making plays that we won't forget. I mean, I'm going to look forward every year now to seeing those plays in the highlight reels as we're right. looking forward to final stuff. Well, th- that is with the caveat that we probably have to win the series for those to become. So yeah. knock on wood, we're going into, <laughs> but I want good vibes. I want good vibes. I'm positive. Yep. It's bucks yep. and six, but we're going into game six. What, what do we need to do here to just end this thing? What, what do we need? Cause, cause, cause Phoenix is going to give us some counters. Right. There's no way they're yeah. just going to roll over. Right. Obviously Phoenix is also, they're here for a reason, right? They've, they're a resilient team. They're a smart team. They're well coached. I mean, they're like, they're like the perfect machine and that every player has a role. They do really well. Um, You know, I think that. The Milwaukee of the West, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the biggest things we have going for us are obviously playing in Milwaukee. Um, The crowd's going to be insane. Uh, it's going to be a just absolutely crazy atmosphere. I hope somebody's there with hundred dollar bills. Uh, just not, <laughs> not even to count, just holding them up all the time. Uh, because that's what cool people do like on a, TV. Ma- ma- Mallory Edens, you got this. Daughter, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just do that. Um, um, so I think the easy pitfalls, I think, um, you know, we, we've been Milwaukee's this so far, this series has been so good, especially in this three games that we've won in a row about finding offense wherever we've needed it. It hasn't always been from the same place. Um, you know, the thing you can, you can count on is Giannis getting his 30, whatever, and then you count on somebody else doing something. Um, we game had f- the, game five. We finally right. had, right, the big three. We had the all three. We had all three going. Um, so you just hope that we can keep that same confidence. That's the biggest thing that, um, I mean, Drew Holiday went four of 20 in game four and then 14 of 20 in game five. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, Dude, just keep shooting. You know, like he's I, I think I think he's found his spots now um in the in in the offense, in the half court offense. And it's not they're not gonna be easy shots, but I think he's found that, which is great. Um I think he's so, also found that Chris Paul yeah. doesn't have a prayer of guardian, right? Like he'll have to right. make a mid-range shot, but it's like Chris Paul's not gonna stop him. So Right. Yeah, he's not he's not gonna be able to block it or you know, kind of really get get anything make anything too difficult there. Um so I think I think really what you what you have to come into game six with is, you know, finding those same spots. We found what we needed to to make shots in game five. Like we were matching. I mean, Middleton was matching Booker bucket for bucket in the third quarter. We're able to get to our spots. Um, You know, just keep doing that. Just keep getting to your spots. Let the let the crowd's energy just kind of ride that all the way through. Um, You can't. I hope that we're not still messing around. Like there was a point in time in game five. I don't know if you saw this lineup, but because we couldn't play Teague, we, because I, you know, I understand it. Teague was a disaster in the first quarter. It was like big, big ball lineup. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah I, I kind of like was, that. I kind of like that oh, because God. for two minutes, no. because we got every single rebound. That was fun. Well, but Brooke, we also have PJ who PJ okay, was like, okay, I'm going to be honest is 
I'm thinking defensively, PJ's not really quick enough to keep up with Booker, Chris Paul. Like, he's just really not. Like, no. they can kind of blow by him. We have both PJ and Brooke Lopez. And Bobby. To, <laughs> like, out there to guard at the perimeter, and that gets uh, real dicey real fast. So, I think as long as we don't do something crazy, <laughs> I think that we're in a really Bud's good like, spot. Hear me out. We'll go small. Bryn, Jeff. Drew and <laughs> we Jordan need the Moore. playmaking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think uh, what gives me confidence is I think that, like I said at the beginning, at the the three game win streak, we've stayed really consistent in our approach, and I don't see why we would adjust anything going into this going into game six. I feel like we stay really consistent, and you know we're able to get to the shots and the spots that we need to. I mean, Phoenix, it'll be over a little bit overshadowed because they lost. But Phoenix shot, Phoenix shot 68% from three, 50% for the field, and 91% for the free throw line last game. <laughs> they they um, kind of torched us. And it right. Wasn't us I mean, they, them. Right. They shot the ball like crazy. So I, I have hope to hope don't do that. Yeah. That, <laughs> that the home court stuff brings all those percentages down 10% and, uh, and we feel better about it. So, yeah, that, that, that's my hope going into game six, uh, that the, the difference in – because I – they're not going to be like, you know, coming in, assuming they've lost already. Like we know right. that much the NBA finals, they're not just going to hang their heads. So, you know, we have to, we have to keep doing exactly what we've been doing these last three games, find those same spots on offense, um, come with the intensity on defense. And I think the crowd will help with that. Right. We, we have, I mean, we're eight and one at home in the playoffs, right? Mm. Uh, the bucks are just really good at five serve this playoff series and the, the um, playoffs in general. But that one uh, loss I, came in game one against the Hawks. Right. So, yeah. Undefeated uh, when we're in attendance, too, I might add. So, right, exactly. They, they, they so. need us. Hey, Bucks, <laughs> any tickets? I saw. <laughs> uh, but um, really, it, it's, you know, we're, we're a team that feeds off of that energy uh, from, the, from the crowd, Bobby, especially yeah, they better our second Bobby. unit. Um, you know they will. And uh, I think that that's I, – I really honestly feel like that's going to be enough to carry us uh, because if, if, at this point we're exhausted. Yeah, it's I, I, I think it would be really tough mentally. I still think, to be clear, the Bucks can lose six, and th- this team's resilient enough to go. It honestly might be the most Bucks thing possible to, like, drop <laughs> six, but then go back and say, screw it, we're going to win it in seven in Phoenix. But um, I think if we have a lead, like, of more than two points halfway through the fourth, I think with the crowd in there and this being Phoenix's yep. first real adversity rodeo, I think it'll be enough to take, to take over. So, and I don't, um, I don't feel like this will turn into a crowd gets nervous game. You know what I mean? Like, I think at this point as fans, we understand that we're not out of a game. So it won't be like one of those where if Phoenix goes on a little run and we're down seven, the crowd's going to be really quiet and be kind of freaked right. out. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, I think we are like the speaking for the right. fans, like we understand, you know, that we're still in this, you know, we're going to keep fighting too. So right. it's either way, it's going to be exciting. Uh, game six is on Tuesday here. Let's do it. it looks, it looks like you're going to be able to check us out in the deer district. Hey. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of looks like, so keep your TVs set for the deer district. Uh, <laughs> Panda we'll post, us. Yeah. We'll post from our Twitter, uh, <laughs> me and Kai on each other's shoulders uh, for the different camera, yeah. camera shots. If you, if you see the guy, that's me dropping Josh halfway through <laughs> You'll see me crashing onto the <laughs> onto the concrete out there. That'll be great. Well, when you see the paramedics arriving, we've in the always wanted to watch us win a finals from the hospital. So that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, um, uh, that I've, you know, Bucks and Six has been a thing now for seven years. Uh, we've been waiting for these moments. Um, do, I'm do, just do, overjoyed. Do we bring the man, the myth? the legend do we bring brandon jennings to game six like i think it's to. so funny i think it's so funny that that's like like it's such a cult thing where it's like we have to get brandon jennings here it's like brandon jennings was a weirdo for the whole bucks and six thing in the first place but sure what the heck let's bring him to the game you know? like, <laughs> right why not <laughs> screw it we have to drag him away from some nice vacation he's on in like europe like brandon get here now i don't care what you're doing you're coming um, well, either way, you can expect to hear from us about the Bucks as the series keeps going on because uh, we'll have stuff to talk about. Either well, victory pod, or oh we'll be or previewing depressed. Game Seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, either way, you'll hear from either us way, I'll be after crying. this one. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what? I, I originally thought we might do some uh, NFL stuff, but oh, I think boy. we have uh, filled up. Yeah, I think we filled up this episode. Uh, it is chock full of content. I, I hope you all enjoyed some Bucks reminiscing. 
Um, turn on your TVs. Oh yeah, I, I honestly this may have been just for us. But... <laughs> <laughs> we like to talk bucks. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, Google, uh, give me the Seattle Seahawks starting running backs. <laughs> Send us off, right? Chris Carson, I feel like might still be there. Anyway, uh, we have no shoot. idea. When All we right. talk, when we talk, either after the Bucks game, we'll we'll do some NFL. Dude, stuff are, are we gonna do a, uh, like a car post game pot? Well, we can talk. I mean, yes, we will. Let's let's talk about this when we actually <laughs> let's see talk about it on the day. air. And we'll... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, everybody, go cheer on the Bucks. Uh, Bucks hashtag Bucks and Sticks. Let's beat the Suns. Let's get a title. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Woo! <laughs>